Welcome, welcome everyone to Point Noir, home of the Point Noir podcast. I'm your host, Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack, and I'm so glad you're here with us for our 21st session of the Point Noir podcast. Listen, listen up real close. In case you missed it, last week we had our very first, our premiere Winter Circle session featuring five young men of color who got their passports sponsored by the Point Noir podcast. And it's an amazing show. I really recommend you take a second out of your week, out of your month, whatever. Just spend some time, listen to the episode, get to hear about these young brothers, these up and coming adventurers who are about to go out and see the world for themselves with their very own passports. Super dope, super proud of them. And hey, these are great stories that should be shared. So in that spirit, let's get into introducing today's awesome guest and I'll see you on the other side. Joining us today at The Point is a very special guest who's near and dear to me, Mr. Daryl Parks. He also goes under the name Maddock or Dr. Alder or any of the other personas he's created as a world traveling MC and artist. This guy is amazing and I'm so glad we had a chance to connect while I was living out in Paris, France. We toured, we chopped it up, we joked, we laughed. This is like really my big bro. So I'm super ecstatic that he's on the show sharing his perspectives on life, on music, on travel, on the benefits of travel, on being a father with you know mixed cultures in his household now that he's out there in France and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this episode so find somewhere nice and cozy could be under some covers it's getting cold now it could be on your futon could be on your couch maybe just laying out on the floor but you definitely want to be in a place to just soak in all the information and all the perspective that's being shared today because big bro really throws it down so as always grab a refreshing beverage and enjoy today's session Hey, what's going on, Daryl? Thanks for joining us today at Point Noir. How are you feeling today, bro? I'm alive. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the most enthusiasm we've had for one of these intros. I love it. (laughs) You know, it's the key key thing. (laughs) Right, right. You got to go back to basics sometimes. Got to go back to basics. Right. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, it's uh, it is the first thing in the morning for me here in Texas. It is the afternoon for you out in uh, Normandy, yeah. Yeah, man, it's like two fifty in the afternoon. That's what's up, man. Well, I'm glad we could find some time to link up. You you travel a lot, and we'll definitely introduce more about why you travel so much. But uh, uh, you and I go back quite a ways, man. I was looking at some stuff on Facebook, and it's it's been four years since I moved to uh, since I moved to France and started that adventure and um overall like out of all the people i've met and you know the the relationships i've had this is one that's been super important to me you've been like a big brother to me uh we've been touring the road playing music talking life just um it it's been it's been great so i'm glad you could be on the show to to share your perspective of travel thanks for having me man you know like it's uh i look at the same and stuff um uh brothers man we we had a really great relationship when we were on the road when we were on stage and stuff and so it's it's only right that it carries on in this uh in this format and stuff so thanks for having me man 100 percent, man so let's let's get it all started so for everybody who who figured out as we go along this is this is daryl parks aka manic aka dr outer and if you wouldn't mind could you introduce yourself just a little bit and tell us how you got traveling well you know like um I'm a my brother, you know, who just uh 
I, I do what I love. You know, I don't, I, simple and plain. I, it's, uh, I live, uh, I, I, I live my, my passion. I live my dreams. Uh, I live life, uh, regular, but irregular, you know, so, or I can go backwards, irregular, regular and stuff. So I do music. Um, I've been living here in France for over 10 years, uh, now I'm married and have my wife and, uh, my son and, uh, yeah, man, been, been, uh, been around the planet, maybe about four or five, six times and stuff. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. Yeah, man, it's incredible. You've toured with some pretty large names coming out of the, the French sphere. I mean, I even saw you on tour in the States, uh, with, uh, Wax Taylor, we used to be, uh, well, you used to co-head a group called Empire Sound. I was, a, you know, honored to be a part of that on tour in France. Um, how did you get your first opportunities to to go abroad? And it's actually really interesting because one of the guys we've sponsored for our passports, he's a musician and now he can, you know, have access to international tours. But let's talk about that part. How did you first started doing uh, uh, international tours? You know, maybe about, I don't know, many moons ago, maybe about 12, 12 or 13 years ago, I'd say 2005, when I was still living in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm -hmm. um, was a part of the group uh, uh, called The Others. And we uh, released some music in some kind of magical way, it got introduced to a French DJ who seeked out to find us and uh, make a long story short, he, he asked us to be a part of his project, kept in contact with us and then started to fly us out uh starting with um a little tour on the west coast uh around um california and um and uh uh san francisco just a west coast tour i think it was with uh rjd2 ac alone and a guy named bus driver and then it, wow. uh after that he uh asked us to come over and do france which we did for a month and uh the the year after that we came back and did a a nice uh nice show in Paris with Alloy Black. And um I don't know, after that magically uh, they asked me to um to join the group and it was at a good time in my life where I needed to make decisions and it was an opportunity that I just simply couldn't pass pass on because of a uh, fear or staying uh around things that you're familiar with. I felt like it was a door opening, and at the same time, also I, I met my wife, who, 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 you know, the the woman that's now my wife. So it just all fell in the the, the right uh, the right season for uh, for um, the, the harvest, you know. Right, a hundred percent. And originally, you're from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina area, right? Correct. So what what was that transition like? You know, to go from you know, being in the States, being an MC, being an artist, and then, you know, first going overseas, was, was that kind of like a mental shift for you? Were a lot of people that you uh, knew or had grown up with, were they also making moves to, to even be overseas? Nah, nobody was making moves like that, not where I was from and stuff. So <laughs> it's all about the perception of, of what you're stepping into. If you make it hard, it'll be hard. And uh, even if it is hard, if you focus on what's going on at the moment and uh, uh, where it is, then 
the uh, the unconscious of of what is hard about it doesn't affect you. That could be a good thing and that can be a bad thing. But um, no, nah, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't hard at all. It was. Uh, it was pretty easy. It was pretty exciting. It still is exciting. Uh, it was pretty um, amazing. I would say. You know. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And uh, you know, we've talked a lot, but your flow. The way you showed up to to France, actually, could you tell tell us that part? How you actually ended up in France on that Wax Taylor gig, like just from the phone call all the way to you, you know, showing up? Because that flow is so is so seamless, and a lot of people think it has to be difficult to get overseas. But the way your thing worked out was like it was a it was made for you, you know? Yeah, just like uh, uh, situations with people who are. Uh, successful in whatever that they do, because I would say that, uh, yeah, you, you know what? Everybody can talk about how bad their life is. And it's almost like a, a taboo or a curse to talk about if your life is good because people take it as arrogance or people take it as self-indulging. But why yeah. not? You know what I'm saying? You know, you need to give flowers to yourself instead of like allowing everybody else to give flowers to you or just keeping it quiet. That doesn't mean you have to go out and get on a podium and announce it to everybody with a bullhorn. But if, if asked the question and stuff, then you need to acknowledge if your your, your life and your decisions are good. And I, right. I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, for me, uh, everything was ending. You know, it was almost like uh, uh, my life had fell into a, a autumn season. Of everything was just dying around me. Uh, In North Carolina, uh, right? Yeah, you know, from jobs to to family to having a house—not actually family members, but just situations. Uh, I had a family before that was dying. Uh, group with friends, uh, the job I was working, uh, everything was just coming to an end. So, you know, seeking you shall find, but you really have to seek, and you really have to pay attention to the little details and things because. That's where everything is, is, is what you find. You know, it's almost like finding a needle in a haystack, but yeah. that needle is actually a door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the haystack is the world that it's, that it's, it's caught in. So uh, the opportunity was presented to me. And uh, as I said, uh, the woman that I'm married to now, and I don't know, man, it was like uh, everything, the stars aligned itself for it. And where it is, it was definitely hard work. But when you're enjoying what you're doing, hard work is like play. So even the accomplishment of, of grounding and submitting myself over here was like play. You know, like uh, it wasn't nothing that I noticed as hard or stressful. It was uh, something that just fell in the, the right slots. And uh, they asked me to join the group. Uh, at the same time, I was falling in, uh, into a situation with the woman that I'm in love with and the woman that I'm, I'm spending my life with. And uh, everything just, I just got through that window before that window became too narrow or shut, you know, to most people. Right. And it was, it was pretty immediate because you had, you had been over there doing some stuff with, with a pretty big artist. And what was it? Once you came back, it, she, oh no, I think you had spent a couple weeks over there and you came back to the States and what, she made a phone call and a half hour later you were on tour, something like that. Yeah, well, I, you know, I met her on the first time I came over here, which was uh, when I did it for a month and we we didn't talk, you know, like uh, right. I was very, very interested in her, but she was very timid uh, in me because me being, you know, like uh, this this American 
black American, you know, like it's a bit intimidating or impressive. And her with her lack of English at that time and just being a, a shy woman and stuff, you know, like she kind of like watched me strangely as I tried to entertain with my job and entertain her as, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in you. And um, yeah. after coming back, uh, what I decided to do was just, okay, let's, let's play this situation. Not as a, I'm seeking you because uh, I'm attracted to you, but let's just, let me just get to know you as a friend. And I did that, which made everything way more easier. So by the next time I came back over to perform at La Cigale in Paris with, uh, um, uh, Alloy Black and Wax Taylor. And uh, we spent four days in Paris together. And basically that sealed the deal of us falling in love. When I came back, well, right before leaving, the tour manager had told me outside, as we, we shared a cigarette together, he said, man, you need to be with us. You need to be with us. You, you, you bring a different, something different. And you need to be with us. So that was the seed planted. Those were the two seeds planted right there, falling in love and the tour manager saying it. Once I came back to the States and stuff, it was really uh, obvious to my eyes that everything was, was, was leaving, fading away that what I was in, entrenched in, ingrained in, or was trying to set up my foundation. And it was, it wasn't working, which is the trials and tribulations that you go through anyway, when you're around your twenties uh, and early thirties and stuff for most people is everything is yeah. just a trial or a tryout till you start really submitting yourself into things that could be relationships. That can be jobs. That can be whatever careers, anything. And, yeah. um, uh, I, uh, I talked to her and, you know, just, uh, just, she asked me, she said, well, I'm getting ready to tour because we were touring. She was touring with me at the time and a part of the, the group also. She's a cello player and a composer. And she asked me, um, she said, I'm going to have two months off of vacation. I'm getting ready to go to Germany to tour. And would you like to come and spend two months with me just to, to get your mic? I was miserable, man. I was just miserable. Yeah. And everything, especially that's what traveling does when you come back and you see some people can come back and it brings something to them and they can profit off of it while still being. And, and then some people can say, well, damn, you know, like I need to, to go. I need to travel more. I need to see this is where I need to be in order to try to to prosper. And um, just uh, maybe you should come and spend two months with me. Uh, I'll pay half of the ticket. You come pay two months and just clear your mind out. And we spend time together. I said, yeah. And then, you know, like that would be great. She said, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it some more. 45 minutes later, she called me right back. And she said, uh, Wax Taylor said, if you're going gonna to come, you might as well join the group. <laughs> and the next thing, I, next thing I know, I'm sucked into this vortex, man. And, you know, it spit me out on this side of the pond. Right. And it was, it was a beautiful vortex. He said, if you're going to be out here, I mean, I might as well pay you. Um, that's, what's that's, up, a, bro. that's what's up. <laughs> that is what is up. Truly. You know, like that's a story. You know, I, maybe I need to write a book one day. I don't know if people would be interested. But who cares? It's just about doing it. <laughs> Man, well, this, this is a part of that. And I, I really love that story because it it, it's real life, man. Like, like what you were saying was so real, you know, into your twenties, beginning of your thirties, where you're really figuring out the things to, like you said, submit to like, what, what do I want my life to be built around? What are the fixtures or assets that I want to embody 
Um, and, and you did that in a big way. And, and I mean, that was almost 10 years ago. Now, now you're married. Now you're, you're, I, I believe you're at a, a great point in your career where you have a lot of freedom, a lot of, um, access. You just had your first son not too long ago. Like you, you live in like for real, for real. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Hell yeah. yes, you are, bro. Yeah, um, man. So, uh, hey, man, it's nothing wrong. And anybody out there that's listening to this, man, uh, always remember, man, it's so easy for us to complain. It's so easy yeah. for us to, 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 to say what we don't have and what we wish we had and stuff. But when we do have it and stuff, ain't nothing wrong with, I ain't saying go out there and show it off. And you ain't got to put it on a, like a showcase. But if asked about it, man, then yeah, let people know that uh, it's good. Everything's temporary in this life anyway, except the, the the key blocks that we leave behind, which could be something like music. It could be children. It could be, and they're temporary too. You know, everything is temporary. So at the moment, why you living in it, acknowledge it and, and say it to people. So either they're going to be inspired by it or they're going to be uh, competition by it or which causes jealousy and envy and stuff. And, and there's no re- reason for stuff like that. Once we mature, we realize there is no competition, man. There's only collaboration, you know? <laughs> so right, so the only know. competition in this life is, is, is trying to live this life for yourself. That's it. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. And I hope you guys are getting a, a sense of, of why we've had so many deep conversations about, life and everything uh i mean when i was out in france it was uh <laughs> it was a whirlwind it wasn't quite a vortex it was a whirlwind i i was quickly involved in everything i was touring internationally you know within you know within 2 months of showing up uh i had a relationship that was pretty intense um i was on the road with this guy and and once we hit it off there's just so many things we talked about and um you know history knowledge of self you know, philosophy. We're we're philosophers, y'all. Like real talk. And um, as, as one thing, I actually want to want to want to talk about a little bit more because in the states, I knew you were you were very educated, very well read about uh, Black history, about culture, about the movement of our people, about um, you know developing a, an identity as a Black man. And what did traveling bring to you? I mean, you spent a lot of time reading in the states. You know, in in North Carolina. What what did the additional experience of travel bring to you that those books couldn't or hadn't at that point? Um, the traveling brought the reality, you know, because sometimes we can read a book and stuff and the book only stays in imagination or fantasy or uh, uh, what we draw up in our head, not actually living, but what we which is actually a daydream or a night dream or a conscious dream uh, uh, books our mental drawings and visions that we create inside of our head. But then when you actually have a chance to be in the situation and display what you've learned from those books and stuff, then, you know, like then the, the, the game just goes to another level and stuff. Me, I, uh, I don't know, man, for maybe about seven years, I worked in a Muslim bookstore, uh, off mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, called the powerhouse. And there, man, I, I went to the Million Man March. Um, I met Khalid Muhammad. Uh, I learned about myself, but not just myself. When I say myself, uh, I also mean I learned about my history of my people, which was more than just uh, we were slaves with, with, with chains and, and, and while I would just been fighting the system 
and being victims to the system since then. It's also, there's a, a past before uh, the things that you're taught in school or the things that you don't even know nothing about because nobody is ever like uh, shined that on to you, you know? So right. to be able to have that, you know, not just learning about uh, the history of my people, but also learning about the, the human body, uh, the human anatomy, the human brain, the stars, the planets, uh, other cultures and countries and stuff. So therefore, when I was able to travel and stuff, man, it's almost like becoming a shapeshifter, which I think I was already something like uh, before anyway. But just becoming more in tune with it makes me be able to be around. Man, I've been around it all. You know, like I've been around the uh, the niggerish of the niggers. I've been around the brothers, uh, the, the the brother, the I don't know how to say that the 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 the, the, the brotherest of the brothers. You know what I'm saying? Right. I've been around the geekiest of the geeks, the nerdiest of the nerds, the druggiest of the drug, the drug dealers of the the you know like or the killers, the thugs, whatever you could say, the businessmen. I've been around it all, taking something from it and just putting it into my Rubik's cube. And then. Once the Rubik's Cube is formed and these squares of lights that I've taken from different situations, different patterns of people and 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 and, and just encounters and stuff, I was able to, to put my Rubik's Cube together, all colors on all sides. And right now, you know, I, I just put it in, on the shelf and, and and watch it start another Rubik's Cube, you know, just keep moving and stuff. So to be able to travel, I have a more commanding respect in my aura because I know who I am. So I don't walk around looking lost. I don't walk around looking like someone you should be scared of. And if it is it's because your own self insecurity, uh, I hold my head proud. And also it puts me in a situation and stuff that maybe some people don't like, but my mind isn't closed to a clear box, like back in the States and stuff. My, my wife is French. She's white. She's Italian and French. Why? It's not because I like white women. It's not because I don't date anybody because of color. I don't date or married. I'm not married to somebody just because they're white. I wouldn't be married to somebody just because they're black. It's who you fall in love with. And because I'm me knowing who I am, it causes me to get along better, with, have more respect and be respected by just the human tree. You know, nobody's going to sit there and treat me like a a nigger. I'm not gonna treat myself like a nigger. I'll be commanded, demanded respect as a black man in this world who knows who he is, which almost makes me a chameleon, you know, or makes me uh, beyond color, you know. So you know, like uh, there's levels to this thing, man, and and it's good because I don't believe in being caught in one level. I I, I learned about my people. I know the injustice of my people, and I'll always fight for my people. But, you know, like everybody's not the same. Every black person that you meet ain't going to be cool for you. And every white person that you meet definitely ain't going to be cool for you. But there's vice versa. There are some cool black people for you and stuff. And, and there's some cool white people for you and stuff. It's just how life goes. But that goes with traveling, man, and just getting out of the clear box of of what you're fed and what you think you believe or just staying on one plane and stuff. And I just say that with the most respect. Doesn't mean that, you know, like, I'm not going to shut my ears down because I see the world a different way to somebody else because I just might learn something. And that's all life is about is, is learning, you know, and applying. Right. And I think that a hundred percent. Oh, damn. Yeah. The application. 
um, I, I think that's what travel definitely opens you up to is learning because you're going to be put in a situation where, you know, when two plus two equaled four in the States, that might be 17 somewhere else. That might be, you know, three in a different country. And you're just like, all right, I got to adjust to the algorithm, to, to the vibe, to the code that's going on here. And either I can learn to work with this to kind of be a chameleon and blend in, or, you know, I might get shook. <laughs> and depending on the situation, you might not have enough time to <laughs> to really figure out which one you prefer, but it's just going to happen anyway, you know? I might miss out on growth or I might miss out on the greatest opportunities for me to advance to another level in life. You know, brother, man, we just, uh, the, the way that I see life now and the, the, the status and the state of mind that I'm in, we're just all fourth dimensional beings having a human experience. And that goes mm. way beyond color, my brother. You know what I'm saying? We ain't here right. to for these traditional things that are bogging us down and stuff, man. It's, you know, like if, if you think that it's cool for what you just see and what you just traveling around, just like space, man, there's a whole nother galaxy out here on this planet. <laughs> you know, there's a whole nother world out here on this planet. There's a whole nother culture out here on this planet. There's a whole nother way of living. Teach his own and stuff, man. But the the more you travel, the more your mind travels. The more you grow, the more your mind grows. The more your experiences grow. The more your thinking grows. The more your perception, which is the key to everything in this world of how you see stuff. Your perception grows. You grow, not just your age. But you grow. You know. So, man, right. That's hundred percent. Yeah. No. Um. So now that we're talking about experiences. And you've been so many different places. I want you to name the best, the best dish. What is the best food you've been served anywhere in the world? Outside <laughs> of France, or does France really win it for you? Oh man, I don't know. Let me see. I've, man, I've ate so many different. The best dish is still my mom's fried chicken, dude. <laughs> <laughs> end of discussion dude and i've tried i've tried everything from japanese food african food i'm not talking about japanese food on your local corner but the actual food you know right. like from asian asian food uh, french food uh middle eastern food indian food uh, australian food uh the islands uh, i'm not talking about the caribbean islands you know like like right. the reunion island islands uh, uh North Mountain food, uh, Russian food, fuck man, uh, food from Norway. Okay, baby. And, uh, and, and my dude's got it. She got it overall. Uh, nobody beats my mom's fried chicken. <laughs> wow, that's, that's that's love right there, bro. Because <laughs> I don't know if I. That's that. real. That's real, dude. <laughs> For real, man. Man, as real as it can be. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I'm, so heavy. <laughs> I'm like, shoot, North Carolina's real close to me. Let me let me see if I can get me a to-go plate. You know, I'll bring my own sour plate. You know? <laughs> That's really shit. You know, oh, I trust, I trust um, well, uh, cuisine aside, what has been the most, what country has come off to you as the most exotic? Where you went there and you were just like, wow, this is, this is a whole different setup. I'm guessing it wouldn't be anywhere in Europe. Um, you know, where have you traveled where you saw the culture and you were just like, wow, this is not at all what I thought it was going to be? Uh, India. Uh, in, India. India, um, 
because it was uh it was organized confusion man it looks like fucking bombs went off uh in some areas there and then there's some things that just they're so elegant but it's the people um indian and nepal uh, nepal uh catman yeah. nepal but mm-hmm. um it's you know like it's it's a lot i can't i would say that for it's not like what i would thought it would be maybe it would be a culture shock to many people but it wasn't like what i thought it was i felt really peaceful in in india uh switzerland is amazing all of anywhere in switzerland is just it's just so clean and so uh so bright either if it's a, if it's in the snow or if it's in the summertime if it's in the snowiest of the winter or in the the, the sunniest of the summertime switzerland is amazing but you know, like, see, I don't have just specifically one, you know, like England. Uh, I've been all over England. England's great because it just reminds me of Disney. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm in an adult <laughs> Disney uh, movie in, in England. You feel like you're walking in the Harry Potter set? Yeah, or Mary Poppins, <laughs> you know, like, or the, or the the first Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder, you know, like. Uh, yeah. And And then there's Canada. Uh, Montreal, because it's like the best of both worlds. You have tied in, excuse me, with uh French and America. So it's uh, mm-hmm. nobody fucks with Canada, dude. You know, like it's just it's, it's really nice and, and so I would say those. That's not uh particularly one, but it it would be uh, all of those, and that's still not that's half. Good. That's not even half I know of where I traveled. <laughs> <You know? laughs> But that would take up 15 minutes on its own because you'd have to remember them. I'd have to write them down. But I, uh, India and Nepal, I didn't even know you'd been out to India. Were you touring? Yeah. Yeah, I did like uh, Delhi, uh, Bombay, uh, Mumbai, and uh, there was another one. I I can't remember because uh, that was maybe about four, no, about five years ago. Uh but in between there, I've traveled so many other different places, you know, like, uh, I say this proudly, man. And that means brothers, you know, like come out there and catch me, man. I'm on my fourth passport. I'm getting ready to turn in Monday morning. Uh, my fourth passport is filled up and then it's time for me to take a new one because I gotta, I gotta fly to Manchester for work, uh, at the end of this month and I need a new, uh, passport. My fourth passport filled up dude <laughs> because they threatened they, they almost didn't let me uh travel the last time i traveled which was in september to to manchester to to do a video and they were like your passport's filled uh i was like well so what does that mean i can't go well we'll let you go <laughs> we'll let you leave but when you come back you need to to take a new passport so that's how much traveling i've done you know? wow man and mostly over these past 10 12 years yeah bro that I, is i didn't start so traveling cool. uh you know jerry man i didn't start traveling until i was 33 years old and between i'm 43 now 40 and it's nice to wow. be old man it's it's, it's nice to, to i'm not old you know but i'm i'm old and in, in, in mental uh from it's traveling true. and experience yeah and and mentality and and experience and between I never took him a plane until I was 32, 30, 32. I didn't start coming over here until I was 33. And, and within those 10 years, I'm 43 years old now, man. I've been around the world 
quite a few times, six continents and over uh, 78 countries. Yeah. Four past four fucking passports. Yeah. That's, <laughs> like, that's bro, cool, that's, man. that's so deep because, and, and I don't think you follow, you probably don't follow as closely as I do, but like the black travel movement and, you know, millennials, black millennials out here getting the world, like there's such this, this rush of urgency that, hey, if you're not traveling, if you're not taking vacations, vacations, you know, you're not popping. But I've had the privilege to to have people like you in my life. And you said to me many times, you're like, bro, like I got started in my thirties and look at where I'm at now. And that work over 10 years, you got four passports. Like if you, if you in your twenties at all, and you're worried about traveling that you'll never get it, like listen to this story and remember it well, because it's not too late and it's never too late. The only, the only, the only time that it's too late is when it's time for you to visit the ground for that permanent stay or be spread it across a, a ocean, you know, in, in, uh, in ashes. That's the only time it's too late, man. It's never too late. Uh, there is a traditional curse, a lot of programs that we got to snap out of that the, the matrix has bestowed upon us of where time is, is, is of the essence, but time is just an illusion. If you learn how to be timeless and stuff, man, then time doesn't rule you. And it definitely doesn't decide when you birth something and when you end something, you know? Right. Right, man. Boy, four passports. That's what's up. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people, they're, they're racing for stamps. Oh, I want to hit a hundred countries by this point at 35. And that's cool. Like I respect the ambition. Some people are travelers. I think you yeah. and I are adventurers. They're kind of a couple segments I see people who travel in. Um, some people, they got to get on that next flight. But some people, there's really like a a, a, a pressure. Like, hey, I got to hit eight countries this year. Or, hey, by this point, I need to have 35 done. And it's like, you know, there are other ways about it. If you just kind of sit back and relax and, and don't worry about what your neighbor or that next profile next to you is doing. Because that's the problem. Ultimately, you're on your path. That's the problem. And, and not just with that situation, but with all situations, man, we're so, we're so influenced the wrong way by our neighbors where it becomes competition and it becomes, I gotta, I gotta, yeah, I gotta. And you know, like I gotta, it means I don't have. And I want means I don't have when we should just do it. Everything occurs when we just do it instead of trying to do it. And that's a real tricky uh, phrase right there. The phrase of, I never try anything. I just do it. And how that phrase works is you put your head down and enjoy the process. When you enjoy the process, it's not trying. You're enjoying. And then by the time you get to the end of the process and stuff, you have. And the process mm. can take a long time or it can take this and that. But when you remember, when you have the, the connection of I want and I'm trying to it, it's like going outside and watching flowers grow. You don't see when the flowers grow, man. It's like looking at yourself in the mirror every single day and saying, did I grow an inch when you're, you're, you're young? You don't see none of that happen. It's all a process that goes unconscious. And it's the same with achieving the things that you feel inside that are necessary for you. You know, like it's uh, sometimes it's uh, I don't know if this is an intelligent thing to say, but it's almost like fake it till you make it be it until it uh, falls on you or to it is surrounded by you or, or to you are 
frolicking in the uh, garden of it, you know, be it, just be it, right. you know, that, that's, that's it. You know, like uh, when we try to direct, that's what brings in expectations, frustrations, uh, impatience. Uh, and, 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 and one, one thing I want to put out there, anything that I'm saying that if any person is listening to, this is just my experience. It doesn't mean that anybody has to agree. That's what makes us beautiful as, as humans and stuff. We're all different and we all have our own perceptions, but perception is the key. This is my perception. And I'm not trying to right. put it on anybody to say that this is how you're supposed to do it. And this is correct, but this is how I do it. And this is how I see it. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's not to be argued upon or to say I'm wrong. Hell, it works for me, but it might not work for you. That's just right. how life is. You have to find and do what works for you. You know, and stuff. I'm just trying to, to say my experience and stuff for inspiration. And I think we all need that inspiration to, to, to go out there and, and do it. You know, go out there and do it. Not go out there and try to do it. Go ahead and just go do it. Go do it. You know? Yeah, 100%. And that openness of, of opinion, uh, it's funny because recently I've, I've had to, I have, let's say I've gotten the opportunity to, to restate my position about that because I have a certain demeanor uh, which sometimes come, comes across as intense but I'm strong opinions held loosely mm -hmm. what worked for me today might not work for me tomorrow and I'm open to that I'm open to discussion just like we've had great talks about any and everything but you know you exist in the what you, you exist in doing until you don't you know so yeah. I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm operating under this assumption or under this premise and as soon as uh something seems like it'll suit me better or evolve my position we move it's strong opinions held loosely and you know my experience is my own I can mm -hmm. only share with you what, you know what I've gained from it yeah and that doesn't you know like oh uh, one of the other things that we end up doing and when I say we end up doing because I've I've been just as guilty of it too, uh, but I had to learn is wanting what someone else has. That's yeah. like uh, we're all neighbors in this world, even if we don't speak or we don't talk or we don't encounter one another or or step into each other's past and stuff. But wanting what someone else has, even if it's because you're inspired by it. It's just like looking in someone's window of their house and saying, Hey, you know, I want your television set. You know, like, I want to, you know, like <laughs> that's biblical. That's covering my, covering my neighbor's ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go you get your own it? television. Yeah, I do. <laughs> do not cover thy do not covet thy neighbor's ass. Yeah, man. You know, like go get go get your own, man, you know, and, and, and go make your own and make it different, man. You know, like a, it's unique then. It, then, you know, like it's so easy to just be like everybody else or it's so wrong to just take from everybody else. Uh, I think that there's nothing wrong with taking what's good from somebody and transforming it or tra tra putting it in transition to uh, transition of your own way. I think nothing's wrong with that. You know, but you got to know yourself and learn yourself in order to 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 make things your way, you know. Right. And that, that's so much of, of the path. And what, what I really enjoy, and for those of you who probably don't know, you don't need to know, but you're about to find out. We've actually done this session before months and months and months ago. And uh, we had some tech issues. Y'all, y'all, uh, man, 
burn some sage for my tech issues because this is crazy. But um, we finally got back on the phone. But every time we've done this, it's been a little bit different. And what I like about uh, the flow we got going on right now is that it's open. You know, the show is to support and, and showcase men of color who are out here traveling. But this sort of stuff not only applies to everybody, but every sort of situation, whether you're dealing with travel, whether you're trying to, you know, get a promotion at your job or just learn to be you, like the, the, the stuff we're talking about now applies to all of that. So just like rub it on everything. It'll make your life better. <laughs> you know, um, you know what's the the one of the, the the greatest crimes on this this world was being told that you had to grow up. Now you think about that oh, for well, a second. Yeah. You think about that for a second because um, we need to always keep an inner child in ourselves, not just to, to not to act childish. You know, we are supposed to be what we are growing into, which is our, our ages and stuff. But always keep an inner child in you for uh, laughing. Laughing is good for the soul, but also for um, mischiefness, not mischiefness, but, you know, curiosity or or w wanting to to do no fear. You know how like I'm, I'm learning from my kid. Uh, he's teaching me. It's not just me teaching him. And the same with my daughter, too, because I do have a daughter, too, that's also 19 that lives in the States. So I'm very, very, very proud of. And I'm very proud that I can have a door open to her that she can come and travel to Europe anytime she wants to. She just finished spending three months. And I mean, I can see how her traveling is, you know, is really polishing her at an early age and stuff uh, and stuff. But anyway, you know, like I'm learning from my child and also from doing uh, meditation and uh studying on different philosophers, Ralph Smart, uh, Alan Watts, uh, how to be right now. And the thing about when you are a child or you keep an inner child in you and stuff, you're right now. It's not about tomorrow. My kid's not worried about tomorrow, what he's going to look like, what he's going to do, uh, what he's going to see. He's not worried about yesterday if he had to sit in time out or yesterday he had the greatest time of his life. Everything is right now. I'm hungry right now. I want to watch TV right now. I want to play with this right now. I want you to follow me. Everything is now. And we lose that. We also lose the the adventureness of, 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 of being, you know, like a child because we become this hardened, uh, emotionless, I have to watch everything uh, when I'm an adult. This is the coolest thing on earth to always try to remember. When you're a child and you're naturally good at singing, you're naturally mm. good at dancing, you're naturally good at, uh, at sports, you're naturally good at using your mind uh, in, 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 in situations or school or something like that. That doesn't mean everything is developed, but the natural talent is ingrained there. And you automatically, somebody can see, man, you're special. You can do this or you can do that. You know what fucks it up is then when we start to realize everybody sees it and then we try, mm. we try, which is also growing the talent that we have, which we have to do, but it doesn't become fun anymore because there's expectations. There are consequences. There are uh, the main, like I said, the main thing is an expectation. I expect now and other people are expecting and they're telling me you can be the best and you can be this and that takes the fun completely out of it. And, the naturalness out of it and it all becomes just synthetic and stuff. And this is how life is and everything. That if you find that inner child in what you're doing, your job, uh, this blog, your travels, your relationship, 
I ain't saying live 100% on it and stuff, but mix that in with matureness and, and, and being an adult and stuff, man. It just kind of makes uh, the steps a little bit more lighter instead of just being so heavy uh, with with your walk in life and stuff, you know? Yeah, 100%. And that, that sense of play and, uh, you know, creating that space for yourself. That's something I've realized over the past few months is my inner child yo need some attention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if that's kicking back you know and just watching you know binge watching some anime shows or mm-hmm. you know going to doing something goofy going to dave and busters or just getting on that element that that's a real thing and you know i feel like sometimes the the pressures of getting into adulthood quote unquote um or like you said like this whole growing up thing man is a racket it's a racket. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you look at adults now, and they don't have any freaking clue what they were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they fucked no up everything. Is, everything is stressed. Everything is stressed. Everything yeah. is uh, 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 anger, uh, or like, or de- de- it, it develops into anger. Or, you know, resentment, like, resentment, man. jealousy, uh, uh, envious, or. Or, you know, like, uh, man, I got to get there and I don't give a fuck who I step on to get there. I got to get there or who I use or who I lie to or, or, or you know, like uh, me, 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 you know, like, like it's I don't know, man. You know, like the the, the world is on ice skates with gasoline draws headed to hell. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah, that's, that's hilarious. Slippery, that's hilarious. Slippery paths. <laughs> slippery paths are going down. Right. <laughs> Gasoline drops. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Like, yeah, man. Like I said, this show, the show is, is really open about everything. But one thing I do wanna I do wanna talk about, if mm-hmm. we can, because as as a musician, I don't talk about my experience or what it can be like on stage, but there's so many misconceptions about what we do, especially when we travel the world, like people don't understand that the love you feel or the love that you can get overseas when I'm, when I'm in Africa, when I'm in Botswana is so much like that vibe. You can feel it's different than me being on stage somewhere in Dallas. And I wanted to know as an MC, as a front man, you know, could you talk about, could you like run us through the experience of a vibe in Nepal? Like what's a show like in Nepal when you show up, you know, curtain opens and you got, 20,000 people out there in front of you. It wasn't that What many. do you feel? <laughs> it wasn't that many. Shit, man. Let me pick you up. Come on, man. I'm trying to... <laughs> um, but the, I mean, you feel it from, from the first downbeat. Like, what, what is that exchange of energy like for you being first state, you know, right front in line in a new country like Nepal? It was... Uh, it was maybe uh, a few hundreds, that show. And uh, it was in a garden. It was in a, a beautiful garden, man, with like fountains. And, and I mean, the scene was set up in like cobblestone bridges and stuff. And then uh, it was uh, very beautiful. And the people were like, happy. Like old rocks, like, like yeah. Jesus age rocks, like some old cobblestones. Yeah, yeah. You know, but it also reminded me of like, I don't know, one of those uh, Asian gardens like that a master sits in while he's having like a yeah you know like like it was uh it was it was nice you know like it was really nice and um it was 
humbling, you know, like the, the appreciation, the energy that the people were given. And I still keep in contact with some of those guys uh, via social media when I'm on on there, you know, like uh, yeah. I, I keep in contact and they, 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 they check in. And so, you know, like those are like uh, life bonded bond bonds and stuff, you know, that you have with people. And um, yeah, it was just a, uh, it was just humbling, man. You know, like it was, uh, I don't have the now with being on stages, I have a, um, um, a gratitude towards it and an appreciation, but I don't have a high and a low about it. And then I, yeah. I think from the, 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 the most people that I've ever performed in front of was 85,000. And that was jazz fest in Montreal. Uh, the range uh with the group that i i'm 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 in now uh you know uh like uh solid days in paris and stuff is went from fifty five sixty five seventy thousand forty five thousand uh but then the average show usually around here in in france is two thousand to one thousand uh then when we do the states the average crowd is i don't know maybe uh 200 to 600 and stuff or sometimes right. yeah, you know like yeah you know but i like those crowds i like small crowds because it's like it's like uh mastering what you do and going back to school school that you've already passed and so you want another level but it's easy it's almost like it's intimate and it's more intimate you know uh, the yeah. big crowds are not necessarily fantastic it's fantastic to have on your resume but uh, you know, man, you got one section of people that's fucking drunk as hell and another section of people high as hell, another section of people who are waiting for the next group and another section of people who are crazy about what you're doing. So it's so many, it's like a pot of gumbo, a gumbo. So, you know, like you just go up there and you just, you just do it, you know, like, and, and, and that's it. So, you know, like the, I don't know. I'm I'm so introverted now as I get older the only reason I'm doing this, 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 what we're doing right now is because being your good brother, me and you got a good pass with each other. And I want to do it because, you know, we like that with each other. It's cool. You ask me to do something and when I can and I'm free to do it, then I'm going to do it. But this don't go down with everybody, dog. I like my peace and my introvert and I don't give a fuck about all this other stuff. But, hey, man, they got to know me or I got to get out here and do this or I got to, you know, like, oh, man, I did this and I did that or. If I go on stage and there's five people there and stuff, and if that's the purpose of why I got to go on it, or if it's 5,000 and stuff, the job's still going to get done. There's no highs and lows. Somebody uh, thanks me for what I did. Somebody tells me I was horrible, which I don't really hear that much. But I'm saying if it does happen, it doesn't make or break me because I'm just doing what I got to do. I know, you know, I know what I, I did. And if I analyze myself, I had a good night or if I had a bad night. Uh, you know, I know what to do, and I just keep moving. You know, I just keep moving. I acknowledge, but I don't cling on to things, and that goes with traveling, that goes with stage, that goes with performing. That goes. With, I don't cling on to things because all this shit is temporary, dude. You know, it's just right. all temporary. Right. Even even that though gives gives some insight to you know there are a lot of people they're going to go their whole lives you know we're blessed at some point you know you mentioned having the appreciation of gratitude being on stage but for for two thousand people to pay money and show up and just watch something that you're doing some people will never get that sort of attention in their lives you know what I mean 
but to, to share how you prefer an intimate crowd versus a huge stadium and talk about those dynamics. Those are things that are so difficult for non-musicians or non-performers to understand because a lot of people think it's about the clout, it's about the numbers. But you know, for us, at least for me, it's about connection. It's the people I'm connecting with on stage. It's about connecting with the audience. You know, and you've been able to do that across languages because I'm sure you've shown up, started your first verse or said, you know, I, I know you experiment with languages a little bit here and there, but people have no idea what these lyrics are that you are <laughs> spitting out at them but they're vibing the whole night. Like, what's that like? The energy, you know, like it's a, when the energy is right, man, it doesn't matter. Uh, The understanding is the energy, you know, like, and when you become in tune with energy, man, and stuff, you can get yourself out of situations that could possibly turn bad. And you can get yourself more into situations that are good and stuff. If you learn how to read energies and stuff. And that just comes with uh, tune and being in tune with yourself and your own energy. Then you can start reading other people's energy. You ever had like a situation, you're sitting in a room, somebody walk in there and everything just turns like dark for a second. Like, oh, what the fuck? You know, and then you have some people that can come in and they can be over energized and they can just be like either annoying or OK. Uh, maybe they're they're. they're on drugs or maybe uh, they're just very happy to be alive. You don't know, you know, and then you have people with mysterious energies and then you have people with troubling energies that could just be like, I don't need to be around you, even if you're trying to put yourself on me or if, uh, you know, I need to stay away from you. I I learned, and I think it was from my parents, how my parents are and stuff. Within the first five minutes of having a conversation with you and stuff, I can tell, do I need to talk to you anymore? Do I need to be serious with you? Do I need to shut down or do I just need to leave within the first five minutes? Easy or or less, you know, and that doesn't mean that everything is always correct or 100 percent. I'm perfect with this and stuff. But it's got me out of a lot of situations that, that could have been be it good or bad. You know, it's it's it puts me in the right position. So when you perform it in front of people and even if they don't understand you, your, uh, your language. They understand the, the energy that you're putting out and stuff. You enjoy your job and your energy is always uh, good. If your job is stressful, if you don't like your job and stuff, then they're going to read that. You know, like um, um, it doesn't always have to come down to like understanding. It's great if you do understand the text and the dialogue that's that's going in front of you. But it's also body movement. Uh-huh. It's also uh, smiles. It's also the intensity it's also the skill set of it. It's also you're having fun. Uh, one of the things when I'm on stage and stuff, and see, I'm, I've made this very clear. Like, if anybody's listening, they could be like, nah, I don't even know who the fuck this dude is. And that's cool because I don't put myself out there to be known. It's not about that. For me, right. being the center of attention or being famous or being known, uh, I think wreaking the benefits of it without actually ch- uh, trying to have it or, or being in it and stuff is just as great. You know how millionaires can walk around and just look like regular people? That's the coolest motherfucking millionaire you'd ever meet. They ain't got no flashy car. They ain't sitting up here. You know? It, but it, it's a complete millionaire. You know? It, but you, if you passed him in the grocery store, you'd think that he's just a regular person. Like, you know? And I like to be able to, 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 to have the fact that this is my job. This is what I do. So I enjoy doing it. So me going up there and doing it, it, it doesn't matter who's in front of it. I'm bringing you into my world. 
not being stuck in your world. The moment that I'm stuck in your world is when the song is over with and I'm saying, you know, like, and I'm introduced to the crowd or the crowd perceives whatever they just sing and stuff. That's, uh, that's the only time that I step into the world. But as I'm on stage, man, you know, like when I was a kid, my parents would leave for work. My mom was a, 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 a re- she's a retired banker and my dad is, is a retired entrepreneur who just did like uh, gardens and stuff, you know, like uh, just took right. care of uh, 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 yards and everything, cutting grass and, and all that, plant flowers, all that good stuff. And when they would leave to go to work, it was concert time for me. And I didn't even know to what I was developing at the moment. And that's what I said about not directing or trying. You're doing it because you love it. So I would turn on my favorite hip hop. It was EPMD, LL Cool J, uh, Organized Confusion, Tribe Called Quest, De La Soul, uh, the Pet Shop Boys, Wham, Culture Club, whatever it was that I liked back then, Cool in the Gang. I'd turn it on and I was that person I was listening to in the mirror in my mom's living room. So when I go on stage now, regardless of who the crowd is, I'm back in my mom's living room and nobody, uh, all I yeah. see is what I'm doing and I'm having fun. So it, people come into that and it's just like, yo, when you were, I've had people just, just sit and say, you know, like, yo, man, it's like you just blacked out while you was on stage or it's like, hey, man, you trans, it's like you were transforming in front of us and stuff. Ah, I was in my mom's living room. <laughs> <You Right. know? laughs> right. right. I know we're in Australia right now. I'm I'm back in North Carolina, fam. Yeah. <laughs> like completely. So it's all about the energy, man. It's that's it. It's, it's always the energy. That's that's super real on on so lo- so many levels that we don't have time to get into them. But I I completely understand what you're saying as as a performer, as a as a person who spent most of his life in entertainment, um, like you as well. And I hope uh, this gives some insight to others who who might be admirers of art, who might go out to shows and, you know, get some perspective for their own lives for just kind of how that energy can permeate everything you do um, and, you know, be aware of it. But not on um, this, not on this, we- not on this mm-hmm. level, just to just to, to say this one quick thing, you like on this level right here, uh, you know, man, I've, I've lived a regular life. I've, I've worked uh, manual labor jobs. I stopped school. Uh, I went to, to college only for a year and a half and, and dropped out of it and stuff. I worked manual labor jobs, horrible jobs and bullshit jobs. I did all that. So it's not like, you know, like I've always been here. But the only reason I did music, I didn't do music because I never said I want to be a rapper. I want to be paid. I want to uh, uh, shit. Nigga. I don't want to uh, work no nine to five. I didn't do it for those reasons. I did it because I couldn't stop doing it. Cause I just love doing it. And this is where it took me to. So, you know, like, uh, it's all, you know, like it's, uh, yeah, I've always done music, but n- you know, not on this level and stuff. This is, you know, this is still just recent, I guess, you know, but just to say that, you know, like don't, don't try, man, just, just do it. And, and it's going to lead you. The universe will put you where you need to be. And that's it. You know, a thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Now I'm getting all thinking about my life and shit, bro. Um, <laughs> one thing I want to ask you before, before we wrap out yeah. and find out, you know, uh, about what else you got going on. What do you think the, the future of your, of your kids is going to be like having this international experience 
so early. I, I love that because I know we talk. I know that your daughter was was uh, in the country for a few months. You know, she's at a, a interesting age. Your son, he's going to be multicultural, bilingual. What do you think the future is going to be like for them? And how do you think being international and having a global mindset will empower them? Uh, I don't know what the future is going to be like for them because I don't try to travel no more too far and stuff like that. But I'm trying to set them up for, mm-hmm. for it. And, you know, like they're going to go their own way. I, I, I don't know. All I can do is lay out the tools, show them how to use them. And then what they do with them is going to be on them. I say an interesting thing like this. I'm just using this as this is where the future can go. You know, like uh, uh, at one point, um, Minister Louis Farrakhan was a kid. I'm sure that his parents didn't think that he would become the leader of the nation of Islam. Uh, uh, another prime example, Kobe Bryant. Well, of course, they knew he was going to be a basketball player. We can't use that one. And stuff. But uh, we, we use it on a very... You tried it, though. Yeah, we'll use it on a, a very opposite meaning. Adolf Hitler was a baby a long time ago, and his parents didn't know that he would try to become a dictator and cause this much havoc in the world. So you don't know what is going on. You could pray that it doesn't happen like this or that. But what I would like to think is... What I'm seeing, we'll start with my oldest first. She's 19. When I left the state, she was eight years old. And this was my best friend. And still, we have this connection bond because I put in the time. It was eight years before I left. I put in so much cultivating with her that we have a great understanding relationship with each other. We are father and daughter, but we are also friends. So she doesn't have to hold things for me because I don't judge her opinions and I tell her how I feel about them and but I don't uh, try to dictate and control her life especially at this age that she is right now because what you're going to do is what you're going to do especially if you're not living under the same roof as, as, as I am in and what I see from her now right. is she's glowing you know like and mm-hmm. when I that was one of the the the, the hardest things that I I had to do was make the decision I'm I'm going to leave my eight year old daughter. I was gonna to have to leave anyway because me and her mom was going was getting ready to go through a divorce anyway and stuff, but actually leave, leave, leave. And you know, I had to I came over here and I said, I want this to pay off in a way that she has a door that the average black girl doesn't have. Or just child in, 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 in general. But definitely on that right. is I can come to Europe whenever I want, not because I'm on some special trip that I want or a school field trip or because of music or because of the military or because I, I play basketball because my father is over there. I can come over here. And every, each time that she's came, she goes back more, uh, more, what's the word that I would, more uh, full circle. And no, you know, full circle doesn't mean one complete circle. Like each time there's another circle that's full, another circle that's full, another circle that's full until it just keeps making a body or it makes a universe around you and stuff of circles. Uh, And 
this last time that she came, she spent three months, man. And I'm just proud of her, dude. You know, like uh, she's got that perception of how she sees life. Uh, it's it's very mature, um, very artsy, uh, very open. Just very, I'm very proud of her as a father. Now with my son, he's a he's a he's a whole nother ball of energy, and I, I literally mean that. Like he's very dynamic. Um, he's mixed with what? Okay, he's got uh, his black side, uh, quote unquote American side. He's got his white side. Mm-hmm. He's got French. He's got Italian. Because uh, my wife's uh, mother is fully Italian and her father's full French. He hears three different languages and he understands all of them. Now, it's taking him longer to talk. He's just two. Taking him longer to talk because, like I said, I talk completely English to him. His mother talks completely French to him. His nanny talks completely French to him. His grandfather talks completely French to him. His grandmother talks French and Italian to him. So, you know, like it's taking him slower to, to, but he understands. So when we talk to him, he understands. But, you know, like, uh, I think that he's, I sent you a video of him this morning and stuff. And I don't say this because he's my kid, but everybody should think this about their kids. But it's not the, 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 <laughs> the reason why that he's beautiful. He's a beautiful little boy. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's amazing, man. And I, you know, this is the guy that's going to keep my name going. Uh, if, if, if that's the tradition of what we want with our sons, he's going to keep my name going and he's, he's going to keep me going. He's me. You know what I'm saying? My daughter is me too. This dude is me, you know, and he's, he's a fireball like right now. He, yeah, because he can't talk. He has this scream that's like a banshee, man. It sounds like Jason has came in the fucking house because he can't express himself when you, <laughs> like, or Fred Krueger has up in here. Yeah, you've heard it, you know, like, and so it, it's, 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 it takes time on, on this and that, man, but I'm so proud of him. I'm, I'm, I love this little dude, man. And, and I think that, you know, like, I don't know what he's going to be. The, the, the weird thing, and I don't want to get into talking about my kid, but the coolest thing about him, what I see right now is I, me and my wife created his room like uh, maybe a room that we wish we would have had when we were kids. So he has everything in there mm-hmm. at a young age. He has stuffed animals. He has trucks. He has cars. He has a race car track. He has drums. He has books. He has a desk to sit down and write on and stuff. He has uh, building blocks, whatever and stuff. He has it. But the only thing that he cares about is sitting down and writing or scribbling in his book. Uh, I mean, is in his pad is uh, sitting down and opening his books, which has like the little buttons and they play the songs on them or playing his drums. And that's all he gives a fuck about, dude. The rest of the stuff is just storing material. He throws stuff, animals, he throws cars, he throws all that. But the other things is he just sits down and he just looks at that. So that's just telling me a little something right then and there. <laughs> you know, like this kid is just about books and writing at two years old. That's That's pretty fucking cool, man. So, I mean... I don't know what they're going to be, you know, but um, I think it's going to pay off from, from what's... They're going to be ill. <laughs> that's what they're going to be. They're going to be the illest. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. Spoken like, a, spoken like a true MC. <laughs> yeah, man, I, man, I don't even know. But, you know, my kids, don't worry about it. They're going to be ill. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be sick, man. They're going to be sick in a good way. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's so dope. and. 
Um, I, I'm so appreciative that you that you were willing to share that because you know some of this travel, you know, even myself, you know, being my later twenties right now, the reason I travel isn't necessarily always for me. You know, I have ambitions like I I I have people in my life like yourself that are somewhat like role models. I've never known a a, a father, a black father, to to have international kids or to live that sort of setup. So. You know, you in doing your thing, you represent a different ideal for those of us in the other generation. We're like, oh, wait a second. It is possible to, you know, live abroad and raise kids and mix perspectives and and instill all these other global values in them. Like that's a different perspective that you're not going to find flipping through the channels on TV necessarily. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and it's and it's all about, you know, like the perception that you you have on, on, on life and, and, and what you feed to it, you know, like it doesn't, um, there's so much negativity out in this world, which we need because it's balanced, man. Everything can't be positive and everything can't be bad and stuff. The thing is, is not to get engulfed by it. It's not to be consumed by it. But in actuality, man, a little negativity is nothing wrong with that and stuff is balanced. And it's the thing, it is, it is the stairwell to leading to your advancement and to you perfecting and to, you know, which is when you die, your life. You have to have a situation that's going to make you move where it's going to make you bring the best out of it. See, it's just like school. Either you pass this test or you fail. And if you fail, then you're just going to keep going through the same thing until one day you get tired of it or you just drop out or you just die off, which is dying off. You have to have these situations, right. dude. So it's not necessarily, do you tell me this, man? How come something that is so good to you can make you so comfortable that it makes you lazy and it makes you lose ambition and it makes you lose that fire? That's the great thing, the good, the, the, right. the goodness of life. Now, how can something be so bad to you, that, but it actually brings out the best in you and, and ends up making you a better person and, 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 and digging into yourself and pulling out these, uh, these 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 components that you didn't know were buried into you and stuff. Always remember, dude, as humans, we are only dealing with 10% of our mind. We have 90% of our mind shut down. You know what I'm saying? And we, it'll take it'll take right. five or six lifetimes to open up a hundred. Because once we do that, then we're at the powers of God. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like we are children of a God. People, we'll get into that. Me and you will talk about that and stuff. This is a whole nother subject, but we don't even realize who the fuck we are, dude. And that goes way past color and way past what you see on this right. television, dude. We are something. We are the computers, the original computers. You know what I'm saying? We are the gods. Yeah. We are the original gods. But that's something else we'll talk about, dude. I don't want to get on that. And we'll talk on that. <laughs> me and you. Me and you. Like I said, yo, we go back. But here's the thing, like, all these perspectives that that are on the show and and this is this is no exception these are all the things that and the types of ideas you know a lot of times travels about ideas and it takes a, a essentially this is a mosaic this show so far is a mosaic of all these different perspectives that are authentic and true unto themselves but these are all the things that cross through the mind of an adventurer this is what an adventure is all about you know what i'm saying like and for some people, they, they prefer the esoteric. Other people, they want the practical. And I'm here for all of that shit, bro. So I'm, I'm so grateful to, to have a voice like you in my life that, that's willing to, to do something like this, which is not your norm, man. I really appreciate it. 
Um, but this shit, this shit's important because it's for who it's for. And, you know, I'm not apologetic about anything right. on it the show. It, so ain't, it, ain't for, it ain't for everybody, man. You know, if you think about it, and, and, and I don't say this wrongly about, you ever played the game Grand Theft Auto? A lot of motherfuckers that you running around or you walking past or you driving past or you, you, you work with, they ain't nothing but simulations. You know how you walk down the street in a video <laughs> game and you see like there's plenty of people walking past you and stuff and you, 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 you never have nothing else to do with them or something. Like, you know, like it's just that's how it is. And with a billion people, the billion people are, cl- are trapped in this clear box of tradition or the, the lies that have, uh, have created. And we have to have them in order to show us how not to be when we tap into ourselves. And only a rare few will tap into themselves. And you, you know, like, that's why me and you get along. I know what the, you know, I know what I'm tapping into about my life. And I acknowledge the same thing through yeah. you and stuff. And that's why we were able to have conversations and even be to this point where we are now and stuff. It was very fantastic to meet a black brother come all the way over here with like mindset, you know, birds of a feather flock together and stuff. That's why we were able to sit down was never know, you know, like, hey, man, you know, like, I'm so-and-so, and who are you? Or, you know, like, it, it was, man, hey, it's nice to meet you, man. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's really cool to meet you and stuff. We humbly introduced ourselves to each other. We got along. It was just natural. And that's why it is where it is right now. And whoever's listening to us, that's why you're listening to us right now, whether you agree with, with it's not about agreeing. Just listen. Just listen. Take what you like. Uh, discard what you don't like and keep moving, but keep moving towards that thing that's making you that rare entity. You know, and that's it, man. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. And I think that's uh, talking about NPCs, non-player characters, and but you know, take what works for you and keep it moving. That's that's a perfect note to to wrap this out on. So before we dip out, as always, I want to know if you feel like sharing, kind sir. Um, you know. What what you have going on? You have any trips coming up? I know you guys are on vacation right now. Any tours coming up where people can check you out? We'll have your your Instagram handles and everything in the show notes. But what's what's coming up next for you? Well, you know, um, I, I'll explain. You know, if anything on my social media doesn't look like uh, what what everybody is striving for for a social media, my social media, especially like something like my Instagram, it only has like two hundred followers because I choose for that. <laughs> you know, like I don't put myself out there. I, I'm just. Uh, it's peaceful. I don't want a lot of people following me because I don't need to give everybody a window on my life, which I don't anyway, <laughs> you know, too much. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, I'm, uh, yeah, you know, like uh, being a world away from the world is always the most peacefulness to have and stuff. Uh, um, not, you know, like I've taken a year off from touring because of my son and just to enjoy life because I've toured so hard for so many years. Um, and I'm taking another year off until he goes to school. So I won't go back on the road, uh, with a worldwide tour until, uh, fall of 2019, uh, beginning of 2020. Okay. So right now I'm just enjoying life and in, in handling fatherhood. My job is, uh, taking care of my kids and my wife and myself, but I work in the studio a lot. My own music. I think you already know how I am about that. I'm more of a scientist with this thing about I go into the science of it instead of uh, I need to put this out so people can can hear. So maybe I'm going to put some stuff out. You, if I, I don't like to sit and say what I got going out because it annoys me to hear people saying it. 
So I don't want to be <laughs> what it annoys me. So if you if you're interested in it, you'll go find it yourself. That's how I say it. You'll go find it yourself. Uh, my name is Daryl Parks. I go by the name of Matic, a.k.a. Docked Out or a.k.a. The Ghost in the Machine. And uh, if you want to go out there and find it, it's like knowledge. You go find it. I'm not going to bring it to you. <laughs> you know, like you, you go, because it ain't about that, my man. G. Yeah, it ain't about that, man. Right. No, I see you. 100%. You know, I don't, I'm not going to sit here. 100%. I'm not going to sit here and be, I'm not like that uh, then. I'm not like that now. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, man, check me out, cause I got the dope album, man. I got the fat tracks. I got the stuff everybody wants. Fuck all that, dude. I'm 43 years old, man. I do what I love. And if you find it, you find it and stumble across it. What's going to happen is going to happen. If it doesn't, it does. It doesn't affect my life. My life is, I'm already in my lane. <laughs> I'm just keeping the wheel turning. Bro, bro that is, that's so true. And it's very much how we are. I'm that way with, with music and shows. Yeah. You want to see me playing? Uh, yeah, we'll work it out. But um, yeah. yeah, man, I definitely know how you are in the studio. Sometimes I, I'd be convinced that you'd be making entire projects just to put in the can, just to never release. Yeah. It's the complete opposite. <laughs> to to, <laughs> to stay it. sharp and to make what I can't find. <laughs> right. You know, right. stay sharp and to make what kind of, uh, what I can't find. It's my training for what I have to do that does make money. Now, everything that I do that 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 makes me money, it's not necessarily what I really like. It's my job. You know what I'm saying? It's it's right. my job. But to be able to have the freedom to wake up every day and go across my house into this room and do whatever is in my mind state. You can't beat that with a bat. <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't beat that, dude. You to get out of, you know, every day what I want. I ain't got to go pay nobody to do it. I ain't got to wait on somebody to do it. I ain't got to go visit somebody else's atmosphere and world to make my music. It's in my house. My studio is in my house, and I make what I want just to visit that other world in, in, inside of me or inside of my head. Bring it out of me and put it away. Pass it to friends. Yeah, that's another thing I'm going to do. I do have some shit that I'm going to pass to you and stuff, man. I'm going to pass you some, uh, some, I'm going to send you some We Transfers of a couple of albums. So I think since last time we done talked, I done finished maybe about three albums, dude. You know, like, uh, finished up three albums. So I'm going to send some stuff to you and stuff. Stuff that might not come out. Yeah. It probably won't come out. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> hey, man, I'm with it. And, um, yeah. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Um, dude, love you to death. This has been this yeah, has been man, great. And because you know, I don't I don't fool with France like that. But I need to make a, a point to get out to Normandy and, and just kick it, especially while you're not on the road. Um, yeah, man. So yeah, let's, definitely. Let's, let's make that, that's that's what I like traveling for. Um, mm -hmm. so we're gonna close out, man. Thank you so much. This has been a, a great session. I enjoyed it. And um yeah, man, stay well and we'll uh we'll wrap later, okay? Definitely, man. Definitely, Jerry. All right. Thank you, bro. Thank you, brother. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Daryl Parks, aka Matic, aka Dr. Outer. Thank you so much, big bro, for being on this session. Like I'm honored. I know you don't do this a lot. 
and I just I really appreciate it and I love talking to you like we're definitely going to get up and for everybody who wants to check out Big Bro's stuff look up Matic M-A-T-T-I-C check out Dr. Outer just google it I don't want to blow up his social medias too much I know most of his accounts are on private anyway and honestly they'd be disappearing like every other month because that's just how he is with social so out of everybody that we push on the show when it comes to checking out their pages and stuff you guys are going to have to search and just see what you come up with but he's out there unless he's not um but anyway i hope you guys really enjoyed the perspective he had to share and i think there's a little bit of sprinkling that you can put on your life in any area any subject matter so thanks again big bro hope you guys enjoyed that session and if you guys have any comments or feedback for the show make sure to check us out on ig at our new page point noir show so that is at p-o-i-n-t-n-o-i-r-s-h-o-w and we'll be sure to get right back to you and if you want to know more about getting your passport sponsored if you're a man of color and you don't have a passport and you just want that financial burden taken out of the way for you make sure to check out our last episode winter circle number one we have all the details in there for you so get it all and make sure you take action this has been another awesome time at point noir hope you guys enjoyed yourselves I am Jerry the Third, signing off.